hello, listeners. Welcome back, excuse me, to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast. It has been quite a while since I have been on here. Uh, I think about four months, if I have uh, calculated it correctly, since last time I've looked on on Anchor there. Um, I have been going through some pretty, pretty profound changes in my life. Uh, And it's really caused a lot of uh, really harsh moments, um, self-critical thought, uh, introspection. Um, my life's really changed quite a bit in, in a short period of time. And I want to come on here and kind of explain what's been going on uh, to some degree uh, without too much anecdotal uh, you know, kind of talking about myself. I'm, I'm still getting back into this, guys. Um because I kind of want to reorient this podcast. Uh, I feel a change, like I said, and it's really chain, uh, it's changing the way I see that my projects. Um, taking a step away for those four months really caused me to choose again whether I wanted to do this uh, and why I was doing it. And that internal questioning has helped me solidify what I think this should be. Um, it kind of reconnected me to where I was when I started this podcast a couple years ago, uh, right at the beginning of COVID, and some of the feelings I was going through. And as I've gone back and re-engaged with some of the episodes, I've, I've, I've taken a lot away, uh, but not the same idea I had four months ago when I, when I left with that last episode. I should apologize, too, because there was some te- technical difficulties with that one. I, <clears throat> the second half of it got cut off for four months, so... If you did listen to that last episode and were wondering what happened, go ahead and check it out again because the second half is back up for you already. Anyway, I, uh, I've i come to, to realize that what this podcast is has been is, um, as many of you probably know that have listened to me for a while, something like uh, a journal, uh, a journal of my internal world, right? My, my thoughts, uh, introspection, uh, what I believe in, and... This combination of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, vulnerability and um, kind of uh, compulsive, compulsive vulnerability is produced something other than what I, I thought it was going to be. I thought I was making uh, something to help people wake up in some ways. Um, and I think I was kind of onto something there, but I didn't realize how it was going to happen. It's very confusing to explain, but what I want to talk about today is the awakening process. I want to try to go into it, uh, not in great detail, but I've done a little research beforehand this episode, and when I said I want to reorient the episodes, that's what I mean. I I want to give you more structure. Uh, It's going to be transitioning from more of a journal uh, into really a questioning of the unfounded things in our world. Um, not just unfounded principles, but really anything. Uh, the idea is not that we should find what we think is wrong and try to prove it wrong. The idea is we should find what we think is right and try to prove it wrong. Because you can. Um, and there's some kind of freedom in that, in realizing that, that every idea that you've ever spoken, every idea that you ever had, uh, it's not real. Not in the way that you think it is. It's not you not truly you and the process of waking up shows you that among many other things 
I've talked about this process before. Excuse me, guys. I need to clear my throat really quick. I don't want it to keep doing it in the microphone. <clears throat> there we go. That's better. This process reveals kind of who you really are, your true self. And I've talked about it before, the way I conceptualized it before. And I do think there's something like stages of the awakening process. I think there's a preparatory stage, which is kind of what I confused initially with the actual awakening process. Or the grand awakening, however you want to describe it. Uh, But what I was referring to, or the experiences I've talked about before in this podcast... Um, that was something, like I said, a, a, a pre-awakening of sorts, as I'm understanding it now. Uh, but preparation so that I would be at least open enough to try to uh, look at myself in the necessary way to wake up. So to summarize, this podcast is, is going to be more structured. It's going to be more oriented on a singular idea and then seeing if we can kind of prod that a little bit and either find something new or maybe um, develop a a new perspective on the same idea. And in doing that, I hope to kind of demonstrate the process that's necessary in the awakening that really every human being is meant to go through, uh, but we so often avoid. We avoid it so much we don't even know what it is anymore in this world of distractions and technology So, I'm going to start with a quote, kind of like I usually do, just to get back on track and get back in the swing of things. Um, I actually have quite a few. Uh, Like I said, what I wanted to do was kind of define the awakening process for you. And I've pulled up a bunch of different articles um, from different perspectives, different religions, essentially spiritual practices, uh, on the awakening process. And one of the most interesting things initially is that each religion describes the awakening process. Each religion recognizes that it exists. Um, And not even religion. If you look politically, social movements now are even talking about being woke, right? I think this is ill-defined and not not in any way related to the actual awakening process, but you you see the idea, uh, the acceptance of the idea that we need to wake up everywhere, even if it's from a secular point of view. Because of that, I want to kind of look into it a little more. <clears throat> what does it mean to wake up? And I pulled up, an, uh, I first tried to pull up a quote from Albert Einstein because I think he's one of the most misunderstood figures in modern history, at least. Um, he's usually classified as like a secular hero, somebody that wasn't highly spiritual in nature. But uh, this article I pulled up kind of demonstrates the opposite and it's interesting because I didn't know this prior to <clears throat> reading a little bit more in depth about Albert Einstein yesterday, but um, through this process, through the last couple of years, I've, I've come across his quotes quite a bit, and in the process of engaging with those, I've uh, believed, started to believe that he wasn't what people thought he was, and I'm starting to find other people that believe the same thing. So this is, a, this is an article um, off of awakeningpeople.com. It's by Matthew Scott Donnelly. I'll have all of the uh, references in the show notes for you guys. Uh, It's called Into the Spiritual Depths of Albert Einstein. And I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to go through and grab a couple quotes out of here and talk about them to start 
So this first one's about religion. It says, the religion of the future will be a cosmic religion. It should transcend a personal God and avoid dogmas and theology. Covering both the natural and the spiritual, it should be based on a religious sense arising from the experience of all things, natural and spiritual, as a meaningful unity. Buddhism answers this description. It's a quote by Albert Einstein. So going off that first one, one of the things that I really popped out to me was it should transcend a personal God. And I think one of the things we've we've done with religion, all religions, all religions, uh, save maybe Buddhism, uh, have externalized God in some way. Uh, and I think what Albert Einstein is talking about this uh, talking about is this this conception that each person can have their own idea of what God is, um, <clears throat> and that we've all accepted that everybody has their own idea of what God is, or whether it exists. Period. Is something that is needs to be transcended to fully realize what God is. Uh, something like totality, something like you at the deepest level. Not that you are the Godhead, but you are a part of it. And I think that's what he's getting to there. But you can see how a man like Albert Einstein, who usually is only referenced in the secular worldview, had much more depth to him spiritually, had engaged obviously with the spiritual world. In the process of realizing some of the the discoveries he made, um, and I think it's a shame that we've disconnected those. And I also ask the question, why? You know, why would you take away the spiritual side of somebody? The reason how uh, the description how they got the information they got is in that blending of the spiritual and the physical and natural worlds. I'm going to keep on going and read a, a couple more quotes from Albert Einstein here. Like I said, I'll have all the I'll have the article in the show notes so you can you can reference them. Uh, this is another one. I want to God. I want to know God's thoughts. The rest are mere details. That's a quote by Albert Einstein. Uh, the author here cut a comment under there says the way to know God's thoughts is through silence, through no mind, a very deep spiritual truth. Here's another quote. We should take care not to make the intellect our God. It has, of course, powerful muscles, but no personality. You can see how this man had put a lot of thought into what God is, what the universe is. Obviously, if he was developing theories on time and space and all of this, you can't just do that by studying what other people have done. Outside-the-box thinkers don't take their ideas from other people. They get them from somewhere else. You connect with what you are, which is everything, and then you see. I'm going to go on and start to describe on a different page here. Let me find it for you. what it means uh, in the spiritual sense. If you were just to kind of approach this from uh, more of a, a spiritual perspective uh, in general, not following any religion or anything, <clears throat> this is kind of what a description of the awakening process is. 
Uh, this is off of transcendingconsciousness.com and is an uh, excerpt from A New Earth Awakening to Your Life's Purpose it's by Eckhart Tolle. It was written in 2005. It says, What is awakening? Awakening is a shift in consciousness in which thinking and awareness separate. For most people, it is not an event but a process they undergo. Even those rare beings who experience a sudden, dramatic, and seemingly irreversible awakening will still go through a process in which the new state of consciousness gradually flows into into and transforms everything they do, and so becomes integrated into their lives. Instead of being lost in your thinking, when you are awake you recognize as the awareness behind it. Thinking then ceases to be a self-serving autonomous activity that takes possession of you and runs your life. Awareness takes over from thinking. Instead of being in charge of your life, thinking becomes a servant of awareness. Awareness is conscious connection with universal intelligence. Another word for it is presence, consciousness without thought. The initiation of the awakening process is an act of grace. You cannot make it happen, nor can you prepare yourself for it or accumulate credits towards it. There isn't a tidy sequence of logical steps that leads towards it, although the mind would love that. You don't have to become worthy first. It may come to the sinner before it comes to the saint, but not necessarily. There is nothing you can do about awakening. Whatever you do will be the ego trying to add awakening or enlightenment to itself as its most prized possession and thereby making itself more important and bigger. Instead of awakening, you add the concept of awakening to your mind, or the mental image of what an awakened or enlightened person is like, and then try to live up to that image. Living up to an image that you have of yourself, or that other people have of you, is inauthentic living, another unconscious role that you go plays. Only the first awakening, the first glimpse of consciousness without thought, happens by grace, without any doing on your part. Once it is done so, it cannot be reversed, although it can be delayed by the ego. For some, the awakening happens as they suddenly become aware of the kinds of thoughts they habitually think, especially persistent negative thoughts they may have been identified with all of of their lives. Suddenly, there is an awareness that is aware of the thought but is not part of it. Once you have had a glimpse of awareness or presence, you know it firsthand. It is no longer just a concept in your mind. You can then make a conscious choice to be present rather than to indulge in useless thinking. You can invite presence into your life. That is to say, make space. With the grace of awakening comes responsibility. You can either try to go on as if nothing happened, or you can see its significance and recognize the arising of awareness at the most important thing that can happen to you. Opening yourself to the emerging consciousness and bringing its light into this world then becomes the primary purpose in your life. So while you are perhaps still waiting for something significant to happen in your life, you may not realize that the most significant thing that can happen to a human being has already happened within you. The beginning of the separation process of thinking and awareness. Many people who are going through the early stages of the awakening process are no longer certain what their outer purpose is. What drives the world no longer drives them. Seeing the madness of our civilization so clearly, they feel somewhat alienated from the culture around them. Some feel that they inhabit a no-man's land between two worlds. They are no longer run by the ego, yet the arising awareness has not yet become fully integrated into their lives. Inner and outer purpose have not merged. 
Again, that's an excerpt from A New Earth, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose by Eckhart Tolle. And I found that on transcendingconsciousness.com. I'll put the links in the show description. So that's kind of an overview of what awakening is. It's a process, mostly. At the beginning, it referred to people, you know, uh, even those rare beings who experience a sudden, dramatic, and seemingly irreversible awakening. What they're talking about is something like a Buddha, right? Um, something like waking up fully to what you are, uh, becoming that consciousness uh, totally, and kind of integrating into it forever. Um, that doesn't happen to everybody, obviously. And so what Eckhart Tolle here is, t- is talking about is something like the process through which most people wake up, and that's, that's a process. Uh, that's what I believe I've been going through uh, for years now. And uh, it's something that's hard to identify when it starts. Although, like he said here, uh, it usually is an, in an act of grace, uh, which I've, I've experienced. I'm going to go ahead and define that really quick, grace, uh, just so we have an understanding of what it means. This is grace in Christianity, but it's how it's used in there. In Western Christianity theology, grace is the help given to us by God because God desires us to have it, not necessarily because of anything we have done to earn it. It is understood by Christians to be a spontaneous gift from God to people, generous, free, and totally unexpected and undeserved. That takes the form of divine favor, love, clemency, and a share in the divine life of God. That's off of Wikipedia. So when we speak of grace in this other article, what Eckhart Tolle's talking about is that divine gift. Um, something like a moment in which you're connected with uh, what you've only believed in before that moment. Um, the proof you've been looking for, the undeniable connection to the truth. Um, it can happen without any control, without you choosing it. And it does happen that way. What he was trying to describe here is there's no way in which you can try to start the process yourself just by wanting it. Because the thing that wants it is an ego. It's your ego. It's what you think you are. And the more you try, the reason you're going, you're looking to wake up, if you're viewing it through your your own eyes, your ego, is because you want to build that thing in some way, even if you're not recognizing that, even if you've convinced yourself that you're doing it for the most altruistic reasons, it's not possible through the ego. So that you can look out into the world and see many, many, many people that approach a spiritual life and add it on as another mask that builds their ego. And then oftentimes this turns people away from spirituality or uh, any kind of religious thought at all because they see the way it corrupts people, the way people are so inauthentic a lot of the times in the way they speak compared to the way they apply the rules they speak of to themselves. But the reason for this is this, is that if you want to wake up, you're going to make an ego out of yourself, even more so than you already are. 
all the way to the point where you realize you're not what you think you are. Uh, I don't think I've shared this on the podcast before um, because it's something that's deeply personal to me. It was a profound experience that is hard to describe um, and harder to talk about with people because of kind of the doubt that exists by default in most individuals over the possibility of something like a divine, divine grace or divine presence encompassing you being visited by an angel and talking to God. But I've had that happen. A couple years ago, before I started this podcast, I was in a really dark place. Um, You know, I had lost my job. I had really kind of been isolated. I was in a deep depression. I was dealing with a lot of energetic issues I didn't understand yet. A lot of trauma issues I hadn't understood until I started realizing them through this process. And in that moment, I remember there was one night that I was on my knees praying. I had kind of broken down and I hadn't prayed for a while. And I was on my knees. I got down and I was in my, my apartment alone and I was, I was bawling. I was crying. I was terrified and scared. And I was begging. I remember it makes me emotional just thinking about it. I remember being so scared and talking out loud to whoever was listening. And begging for help. And then in this moment, I remember feeling, I don't know how else to describe it, but a warmth inside of me. Kind of like a little bonfire or something. It started to get really warm. And then behind me as I was crying, I remember feeling something like descend, like come down from above me. I couldn't see anything. It wasn't a visual thing, but I could feel it. And I could feel this, like, what felt like a cloak come behind me and just wrap me up like, a, like you'd swaddle a baby. And I remember hearing so loud in my head a booming voice. Nothing like you could ever describe Not like if you talk to yourself in your head. This was something else talking to me. And when it spoke, it had presence. You wanted to cower from it. Because it had so much power. It was so much more than you. But it was there to help you. I don't remember exactly what it said initially, but I remember hearing the name Gabriel. asking, is this Gabriel? And I heard a very definitive yes. And then I heard two page numbers in in my head, like gongs. It's like three, 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 like 
loud and it was like a gong sound when it when you'd hear it and so I opened the Bible and I went to page 333 and I just started to read and as I read I was reading about a certain part of the life of David uh, and I started to cry and I didn't understand what I was reading why I was reading it but I just started to cry And as I read, I remember having that voice just comfort me. I can't remember the specifics of what it was saying, but it was just this presence. And then it left. And I remember sitting there, looking at the Bible, trying to process what had just happened because it didn't because it was it was so something so undeniable and immediately in my head i'm thinking how am i ever going to say anything like this how can i describe something like this happening there's people in this book that have had this happen to them i can read about it but nobody believes it everybody by default questions it and so you're confronted with this immediate sadness this drive to tell people that there's something else out there that you're not seeing and it's real it's realer than anything you could imagine it's realer than you it's realer than the world it's realer than the table you're riding on it This is the fake thing. This is the illusion. But that's what I think Eckhart Tolle means by divine grace. The initiation of the awakening process is an act of grace. You cannot make it happen, nor can you prepare yourself for it or accumulate credit towards it. There isn't a tidy sequence of logical steps that leads towards it, although the mind would love that. It may come to the sinner before it comes to the saint, but not necessarily. We don't have control. You're supposed to wake up, yes, but you're supposed to wake up in your own time. Each individual person. If you're listening to this, maybe it's your time. But if you're listening to it and thinking that's what I want, not yet. You have to figure out what I is first. Who's talking? Because it's not who you think it is. The awakening process is one of the most painful things. It is the most painful thing I have ever gone through. And I'm still going through. It takes absolutely everything out of you. Because it's a process of realizing how wrong you have been your entire life. And the hurt that you feel from that, nobody can take away. When you realize that the reason you feel the way you are is because of you, 
more so if you're like me and you've done it to yourself your whole life and you've begged and you've pleaded and you've torn yourself apart you've drugged yourself you've you know nearly killed yourself many times you've ran away you've been perpetually afraid of being close to people you've been alone when you realize that all of that is because of you and nobody else it crushes you and like Eckhart Tolle was saying here only the first awakening the first glimpse of consciousness without thought happens by grace without any doing on your part once it has done so it cannot be reversed you can't go back once you're shown this there's no way you can forget it you couldn't I, I couldn't go back and try to redefine all of my problems as other people's problems anymore because I see it now but it doesn't make sense unless you're going through it what does it look like to people watching somebody wake up it looks like you are losing your mind what I've come to realize through this process is the reason unfortunately most people are in mental health hospitals or whatever else seeing psychiatrists is because they don't want to wake up or they are and nobody wants to help them more likely the latter one we as a society tend to help people as long as they obey the agreed social norms but as soon as they stray outside of a certain boundary as soon as they look a little too kooky wherever that line's been drawn in general people need help then from somewhere else not here not the regular people not their family or not their friends they need help from other people and oftentimes the reason that is is because what people are going through when they're waking up is recognizing how they've hurt themselves and other people and in that process they lash out me realizing that all of those things are my fault the process of me realizing that was me attacking everybody I have ever loved and trying to blame every single person I can find and if you can't find somebody you'll try to blame the whole world and you'll lose your mind or you can just sit with the recognition and see what comes after and you can't run from it there's no going back Different religions describe the awakening process in different ways. But they all describe it. Christianity describes it one way. And it has stages, in what I found. And these are the five stages I found. This is not in general. This is not what all Christians believe. By, by no means. Just like the last article is not what everybody that's spiritually inclined believes. But... These are examples of what people do think about the awakening process and how we like to define it. The first one is awakening to longing. 
This is the universal feeling people have that there's got to be more to life. We all feel the longing for love, purpose, and meaning. And it is the quest to satisfy these basic longings that sends us on a journey. A common experience. Initially, we may not understand that God gave us these longings, so we try to satisfy, satisfy those longings by running away from God rather than towards Him. In the Christian definition, God is externalized. It's somewhat hard as I'm going through this process to engage with some of the Christian ideas because I was raised Catholic, not because I don't believe. Uh, obviously, that's not the case. I was just talking about the angel Gabriel, uh, only because I think I don't agree with the way people choose to externalize God in the way I was just talking about. Initially, we may not understand that God gave us these longings. Yes, God did, but God's you. Truly, you gave you these longings. It's what you want, and you is God. You are a part of God. You're not separate from it. It's not something outside of you. It's not a person sitting on a cloud. It is you. That's why you can't run away from it. That's why when you do something wrong, you automatically feel it. You know it. You're immediately judged because your judge is you. But what they're talking about in this, besides the point, is the awakening to longing, the awakening to your own internal desire, what you truly want, not what you think you want, not what you see other people have, not what you see on the TV, not what society has bred you to think you want. Nothing consuming-based. It's what you would do when you had, had none of those things. If you were dropped into a planet and you had no idea where you were, what would you do? What are you interested in? That questioning will lead you to realize that what you're doing is not what you want, and that's a painful process. Awakening to regret is the second one. We tend to pursue those primitive longings without God. When we do find ourselves alone, directionless and confused, Eventually, we will say, I wish I could start over. Many people get stuck repeating the first two awakenings over and over again. We call repeating the first two steps the sorry cycle. Pursuing God, given longings outside of a relationship with God, which leads to decisions and actions that just cause more regret. Many people get stuck in the sorry cycle for years, and still others never escape it. When it, the way they describe it is with God, but the way I understand it is with yourself. We have a primitive longing to be with ourselves, fully realize ourselves. Sorry, guys. Hold on one second. I'm getting a really intense buzzing. I don't know if you're hearing that, but it's very weird. Okay, sorry about that, guys. I think we're okay. I had a little technical difficulty for a second. But I think what they're talking about here in the sorry cycle is um, trying to be true to yourself and realizing that's a harder process than you thought. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm getting a feedback. 
here. It's really odd. It's coming and going, too. This is interesting. I don't know if it's picking it up uh, on the recording, but it's it's like a buzzing, a very intense buzzing that's going in and out as I'm tr- trying to record. I, I have a... F- Unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to get this buzzing to go away. So what I think I might do here, guys, is go ahead and call this part of the episode. Um, I apologize for this, but I was really excited to get on here and continue talking. So I will come back on here soon and finish recording when I can figure out what's going on with my headphones and everything. I hope it's not coming on the recording. So, um, But thank you for joining me again. I'm really sorry it's been so long since an episode has come out, but as you can tell... There's a lot I've been going through. I'm sure these first 38 minutes have demonstrated that. But I will be back to continue this conversation on the awakening process soon. Uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting me over these last couple years, really. But especially the last four months, those of you that have been listening, I've been looking online and seeing people from all around the world. So many different places in the world, I can't even believe it. I didn't realize how how much reach this has. Uh, until I stepped away for a second. But, I mean, there really is. There's there's people from probably 50 or 60 different countries, Oman, Iraq, Norway, Sri Lanka, Indonesia, Mongolia, Serbia, Thailand, Turkey, Jamaica, Finland, Morocco, South Korea, United Arab Emirates, Namibia, Slo- Slovakia, Colombia, Sweden, Ireland, Ukraine, New Zealand, Belgium, Algeria. I could keep going on. I mean, it's like half the world. I'm so grateful and very humbled. But I will be back on here very soon. And I wish you all the best. Bye-bye.